Man, it's great to have you here. We are closing down a series called Gospel Deep, His Glory Unleashed. Gospel Deep, His Glory Unleashed. In fact, we're going to end it with a double exclamation point, right? As we talk this week and then next week with uh, baptism celebrations. And, and uh, so just in the intro piece here, let's make sure we get our arms around Romans chapters 1 through 7. Okay, that's not a typo. We're really doing it. Romans 1 through 7 in six minutes or less. Here we go. And uh, so what's the deal behind all of it? Where did we come from with it? Like, why do we even call it gospel deep? And uh, you'll remember early on there, we said, look, gospel. What's that word mean? Well, it's not just the diving board, right? It's the swimming pool, right? It's not just how I get started with salvation, And then I live this other thing the rest of my life. It's the whole of what I'm living is the gospel. And well, how is that true, Tim? I'm not sure I get that. I thought I was saved by the gospel. And yeah, we are, but check it out. We've used this example before. Like husbands love your wives, even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Gospel message. And it changes how I treat my spouse. Or how about be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God... For Christ's name hath forgiven you. And a gospel message, and now it's teaching me how to work with those around me, how to forgive the ones I love and know. And the gospel affects every day and every way how we walk. It's not just deep, it's gospel deep, deep, man. That's what we're talking about. We're going after something that affects every part of me because it's centered on him. That's the first part of it. And then we talked about this, gospel deep. His glory, fill in the blank, right? His glory trampled, his glory restored, his glory unleashed in the different pieces of Romans that we've been walking through. Why did we name it that way? I don't know that I've ever really exactly told this to you and I want to make sure you get it. So I thought this would be a very helpful little intro piece. Uh, Why is it his glory something? If you think about the gospel message, often we're like, well, what's the gospel state? You know, it's like the problem is that man has sinned, right? We've come up short. We know that. And so we're headed for eternal separation from him. Hell. And so that's the problem. And and I'll give you this. That is a bummer. That is a problem. But that's not the problem. Okay. The problem is not man-centered. Do you hear how man-centered that is? I've sinned. And so I'm going to hell. And so that's a problem. Um, be careful too man-centered. Everybody say that's too man-centered. And I agree with you. So let's get a little God-centered in it. It says for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. It's all about his glory. Okay. And we don't measure up to his glory and his awesome, holy perfection. And we come up short God's glory trampled by our sins. See, that's a problem. Okay, God's glory trampled. And so now when Jesus Christ comes down and he dies on the cross for our sins, as we would say, right? He dies on the cross for our sins. What we're tending to do is we very quickly turn it around and say, the problem is me and I'm headed for hell and Jesus died for me. And while that's all so true, be careful. The whole picture is he's actually here to restore his glory. Okay. And so otherwise, think about it, if Jesus came to fix the problem and the problem was us going to hell and, well, not everyone is actually trusting Christ as Savior. That's not much of a hero in the story, is it? Like the hero comes down and he only fixes some of the problem. And uh, who wants to go see that movie? 
right? And so here's the problem. His glory's trampled and God will set his glory back in its rightful position. And so Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. Like for those who refuse to trust him, for those who step separate from Christ and say, it will be all about me, there is something God does to restore his glory. And that is there is eternal separation. He unleashes his wrath upon. His wrath is part of his glory. The wrath is his holiness expressed. And then on the other side of it, for those who have trusted him as Savior, it says, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. We have a saving gift as we trust in him. Mercy, giving us what we don't deserve. Mercy. It's another expression of his glory, his love poured out. And so now get this, God's glory trampled. He has a two-part fix. There's wrath revealed, there's mercy revealed, and God's glory will be restored. Are you hearing it? 100% hero, absolutely fixing the problem. Gospel deep, that's what we've been talking about. His glory trampled as we choose to go our own way. His glory restored as Christ now brings in an option of both wrath and mercy. And then his glory unleashed as we begin to trust in him and lean in him. Call him our savior. That's the gospel message. God's side. With him as a focus. Making sure we grasp who he is. And his glory pouring over us. His glory changing us. Huge deal. And we've talked about how life changing that can be. How um, awe-inspiring that can be. And what does it look like to even begin to experience that on a daily level, to go about sharing that glory? What does that look like? That's what we're going to look at today. Acts chapter 8, verse 4. So why don't you turn with me there? Acts chapter 8, verse 4. We got the ushers coming forward, and they've got Bibles in their hands. If you need a Bible, just raise your hand. They'll get one to you. We're going to walk through a few verses here, verse by verse. So you might want that Bible. Acts chapter 8, verses 4 through 13. And... uh How in the world does God show his glory? And then how do we go about sharing that glory out from there? This is a great little passage that captures it all. All right. And uh, so here we go. Point number one, when God moves, well, the word is preached. If we're going to be sharing his glory, when God moves, the word is preached. Okay. Starting in verse four, he says, now, Those who were scattered went about preaching the word. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed to them the Christ. Now, those who were scattered went about preaching the word. If we're going to understand the word scattered, you need to look back into the prior verses. And we're not going to walk through a ton of it. I'm just going to read a couple words to you. Persecuted. Executed. Ravaged. Those are words you see in those prior verses. That's what was going on. People were being mocked and punished and beaten. People were being killed. Families were being destroyed. And pressure was coming down on them. Because they believed Jesus was the Messiah. Because they trusted Christ as Savior. Pressure on them. And so they were scattered. Okay, And as they scattered, of course, the first thing you do when you've just admitted you followed Christ, and so pressure comes, when you get to another place, you, wouldn't you be quiet? Wouldn't you? You get to the other spot, and you're like, dude, shut up. Don't you know what just happened? Didn't you see these people killed and ravaged? Be quiet, man. 
Instead, they get to the new spot and they're like, okay, here we go. Time to share Christ with these people and we'll see what happens. When God starts filling you, when God starts sharing with you, when God starts changing you, you have a boldness you can't even explain. You start leaning in to make sure he's shown off. When God moves, the word is preached. He uh, simply says, they were scattered, they went about preaching the word. What word did they preach? I mean, they didn't have the New Testament. What, what were they preaching? And well, So they had the Old Testament and its clarity. They had an understanding of what God was trying to do from what he had given them in the Old Testament. And then they were sharing out the truth and the hope of the character of the God behind all of that. That's what they were sharing as they preached the word. In fact, he goes one step further. Philip, he went down to the city of Samaria. Uh, and all the Jews groaned. Right? This is a group of people where they're like, dude, we so don't hang with them. We don't share with them. We don't want anything good happening with them. There was a lot of separation between them. Philip goes to Samaria and proclaimed to them the Christ. Are you hearing that? He proclaimed to them Jesus himself. Yes, the Old Testament. Yes, the truths of him. Yes, his experiences with him. Jesus Christ. It's like you sitting with a coworker and saying, and if I ever told you how God is rocking me, I don't know if I've ever been very transparent with you. Let me just share this. And the guy's like, why are you telling me this? And uh, we don't usually talk about this. And you're like, I'm just telling you, man, I can't keep quiet about it. With what God is doing right now, I just want you to know, I want to be real with you some things that I've noticed about him. This is the biggest thing that blows me away about God. And you just tell him that statement. It's amazing how simple vulnerability can start a conversation that right then and there may not go very far, but they come back to you days or weeks later. I've had that happen a couple of times when I was working in the business world where they'd come back a couple of weeks later and go, hey, you know how you're talking about the thing? Yeah. Dude, I got a question. I don't really understand how that works. And then you get a chance to sit down and talk through some stuff. Philip was proclaiming the God he knew and the work that God was doing. He proclaimed the Christ. And uh, look, when it says he proclaimed the Christ, uh, we may actually miss what that means. Sitting in modern day America, separated from the Old Testament by a little bit and not quite grasping all the promises. And so I just wrote this down. Uh, the Christ, it means the Messiah. It means the anointed one. This is the hope of the Old Testament. And it's still like, yeah, it doesn't mean that much to me. Okay. Ten truths about the Messiah. Let's get a little perspective to the Messiah. Are you ready? Ten truths. Get your pen ready. Here we go. Number one, born of a virgin. Isaiah 7, 14. Born of a virgin. Right? This is the one where in the Old Testament it's talking about that there will be a mom and the dad will be God instead. And this guy is coming. And Messiah, born of a virgin. Number two, he's a wise ruler. Wise ruler. Isaiah 9, 1 through 6. He will know what it is to put the governments in their place. He will basically rule with unbelievable steadiness. Number three. He brings redemption and restoration. That's Isaiah chapter 11. 
He brings redemption and restoration. This is the Messiah. This is the hope. Jesus Christ. As they're talking about the Messiah. As he says, I'm telling you the Messiah has come. He's like, I'm just telling you. Born of a virgin. Yes, check. Wise ruler, check. Redemption and restoration in him. Check. This is the Messiah here already. Number four, the light of the Gentiles. The light of the Gentiles. Isaiah 49, 6. This was a massive mystery to the original Jews. As they read and they're like, how does this Messiah end up benefiting the Gentiles? Welcome Jesus Christ. Right? The light of the Gentiles. Number five, the suffering one. Isaiah 53. Yes, he will rule. Yes, he will bring a reign and an unbelievable authority. And yes, he will come as suffering servant. Isaiah 53. Number six. A preacher of freedom and a healer. Preacher of freedom and a healer. It's Isaiah 61, 1 through 3. Preacher of freedom and a healer. Can you imagine if you knew the Messiah, if you knew the Old Testament and you're hearing these things, all he has to do is stand up and go, I have met the Christ. And all of these things start coming to your mind. All right. So let's go back to the top real quick. Born of a virgin. A wise ruler brings redemption and restoration, light of the Gentiles, the suffering one, preacher of freedom, and the healer. Number seven, from the royal line of David. This boy comes from kingship. From the royal line of David, he is meant to be king. Micah 5, 1 through 4. That's Micah 5, 1 through 4. And uh, number eight, the king of righteousness. All these truths about Jesus Christ. The king of righteousness. Jeremiah 23, 5 and 6. He not only is righteous, he ushers in righteousness. He makes you and I righteous. The king of righteousness. That's our God. And uh, number nine. The son of man. I'm not even going to go into the details of what all it means, but it's a huge statement about end times and who this guy is and will be. The son of man, Ezekiel 34. And then last, uh, royal redeeming one from Haggai 2. Royal redeeming one. This is the Messiah. This is Jesus Christ. There is hope there is righteousness, there is restoration, there is rule, there is authority, there is power. He will come as a suffering one. The Messiah has come. You've got to know him, man. I'm telling you, I've seen him, I've talked, I've heard, I've watched, I've seen him change lives. The Messiah has come. He died, he rose, he has ascended. Jesus Christ has come. And it's time for us to worship him. Preaching. The Messiah, I would have loved to have heard Philip talk and fill in those three words. And he preached the Christ. Can you imagine sitting and listening to that preach as he went off? Man, what a privilege we have when we come with message from our God. And I just wrote this illustrate down, this quote. The world does not need another speech. It needs a message. You can go to seminary and learn how to speak, but you will have to go to God to get a message.
huge. You can go to seminary and learn how to speak, but you have to go to God to get a message. I'm telling you, Philip came with a message. He had met with the Almighty King, and he was sharing the truth of who Jesus Christ is in his life and is to them. And, uh, simple question. Are you coming to your God? Are you listening to him as king? Are you letting him bring a challenge from his word, from preaching you might hear, from whatever, where you're starting to say, okay, God, what do I need to know from you? And you're taking that message home and saying it's time to be worked on in my life. Are you listening to your king? Is he rocking you with everything that he's sharing? And then the simple last question, how are you doing at sharing that with someone around you? How are you doing at sharing that with the person next to you at work, with a family member who might be wrestling with a friend who doesn't quite get it? I'm not talking about some offensive thing. I'm not talking about where you step in and you jam them until they finally cry uncle. I'm not talking that. I'm talking, let me just share with you what God's doing with me and what he showed me in his scripture. It's unbelievable. And just let God do the work. You be true to the message. You let God shape hearts. All right? Preach the word. When God moves, he stirs us to first be on fire with him and then take it to the streets like you would not believe. Just excited to share with the person next to us what God's been doing to us, in us, through us. All right? Be honest. Be real. That's the first one. Okay. Number two. When God moves... With one accord, people pay attention and are amazed. When God moves, with one accord, people pay attention and are amazed. And uh, it says, And the crowds with one accord paid attention to what was being said by Philip when they heard him and saw the signs that he did. With one accord, they paid attention. It's like every pastor's dream. Right? There wasn't one person not listening, man. Everybody was riveted. And that's what God does. In the moment the spirit is moving, there's an attention that's had that you can never get as a human being. That's God's moment as he's working things. When God moves, people pay attention with one accord. You start seeing a body beating together and longing for something. In fact, usually what's happening is he's stirred in them before that speaker has ever come so that they want it. Have you ever come in on a Sunday morning and then the message starts and you're like, you're kidding me. This is like exactly what I've been going through. And now that's the Holy Spirit saying, hey, we got some work we're doing this week and I'm going to have you ready for exclamation point Sunday. I need to bring you in ready to hear. And so here's some things we're going to look at and God prepares us, and so we're paying attention with one accord. It says to what was being said by Philip when they heard him and saw the signs he did. These miracles, these signs that were used by the apostles that God gave them to make it clear, this is a man from God, you want to hear from him. God's working through him, you need to know what he has to say. And without the word, there needed to be clarity, and there was clarity in the signs. And it says right after it, for unclean spirits crying out with a loud voice came out of many. Can you imagine that one? Can you imagine when you're standing there watching and some guy is doing something weird and acting a little bizarre and he puts his hand on and he says, enough in the name of Jesus Christ. And all of a sudden they're screeching and whatever and the dude's falling down and you're like, wow, what was that that just happened? 
right? I think I'm going to hang with him a little more and see what goes on. And you start following them around, right? And, and that's what's going on. Signs going on where lives are changed and people are healed. It says right after it, not only did voices come crying out, but it says, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. They stood up. That's what that means. They were like, hang on. Check it out. I'm like walking, man. And all of a sudden, they're going over and talking to their cousin. And then their cousin's talking to somebody. And they're like, I'm telling you, Bill, remember him? He was paralyzed? Not anymore. He was like hanging with Philip. And like, you know, that guy who was sharing about Christ. And all of a sudden, and like, they're different, man. And I can't even explain it, but the dude's playing baseball today. That's what's happening. And, and big things change our lives in big ways. And God does a work in us and through us. And maybe God's stirring in your heart. Maybe God's doing an amazing work in you where you were ice cold to him and now not so much. And you're like, I'm excited about what he's saying and thinking. And I want to know what your word has to, as God does, not just to work on the limbs, but to work on our soul. And, uh, the amazing moments of God at work. It says, so they were, there was much joy in, in that city. There was much joy in that city. They were blown away, they were stunned, they were laughing, they were high-fiving, they were taking time off of work, they were following Philip around, they wanted to see more and hear more, they wanted to know what this boy had to say. And um, it's amazing when God starts working how he gets our attention, isn't it? It's amazing how simple it can be when a pain is addressed by God and we begin to see something in him we've never seen before and I received a letter this past week. I asked for permission to read part of it. Uh, This is what they said. Very eloquent, very um, strong pictures. Listen to these words. Our family has been attending Harvest since we moved back to central Illinois a couple of years ago. My view of God from a young age has been through a lens of legalism. Childhood hurts and a mountain of disillusionment with the church. To say this distorted the picture of God is for me uh, would be a laughable understatement if it hadn't caused so much pain. God has been using you and Harvest to proclaim who he is. He is teaching me that his picture was painted and complete. It was perfection. Needed nothing to be added or taken away from it. Unfortunately, so many of us have had his masterpiece discolored by ourselves or others so that we can no longer make out what the picture even originally looked like. It's a powerful statement, isn't it? Missing who God is. Because of some of the hurts that have gone on. God has been using his words through you to restore and repair his picture of himself, his church, and in life uh, in general, in my heart. It is kind of like suddenly having the right prescription in the glasses. The picture becomes easier to see. My challenge is leaving the right glasses on instead of exchanging them for the old pair. Uh, Isn't that what we always do? We go back to the comfortable. We start missing the sight of who God is. God has been showing me that the words spoken in churches can discolor God's picture. Or, or, they can be the spotlight shining on it so that everyone can see the beauty of our Savior. Harvest is shining bright on Jesus Christ, and I pray many more will see Him. Amen. 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 Yeah. I'm just telling you, may those applause go all for God and not for us, please. 
this is not about a mankind thing. And man, every moment we make it about us, it just gets worse. Okay? We've got to make it all about him. We've got to show him off. We've got to bring him to the center stage. And we've got to have Christ number one. That's where we have to be. And it's amazing when we do that, how clearly people begin to pay attention with one accord and be amazed and in awe of what God's doing. Simple challenge. Are you seeing God clearly or do you need a prescription change? Is it time for you to be able to say, God, I'm not getting who you are and I'm not grasping it from the word and I'm not all fired up and and now it's time. I'm ready to pay attention. I'm ready to lean in. And what do you want done? And show me yourself, Lord. Blow me away with who you are. May we pay attention with one accord and be amazed with who he is. Amen? And that's our call. It's simple and it's small. Don't make it much about you. Make it much about him. And it will be a ride of a lifetime. All right? Let's celebrate our king. Number three. When God moves, many believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. When God moves, many believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, I love this part. This shows you that these people were being stirred and they had no clue what to do with it. Okay? Listen. It says, But there was a man named Simon who had previously practiced magic in the city and amazed the people of Samaria. Everybody say, that's not good. That's not good. This dude's running around, showing off some stuff, trying to make it much about himself. And he's got these little magic tricks and people are like in awe of the small. Okay. And, uh, Simon drawing some attention. And this is before Philip had gotten there. It says in the city and they amazed the people of Samaria saying that he himself was somebody great. Okay. First tip, you should not listen. All right. When the dude walks in and he's like, I'm awesome. Turn down the volume and move on. Okay. Little side note, just if you're trying to figure out who to listen to, they're lifting up the word, cool. If they're lifting up themselves, get out of there. Okay? So Simon, I'm somebody great. And uh, they all paid attention to him. Oh, great. Everybody say, that's not good. That's not good. So here he is getting them paying attention to himself. They all paid attention to him. Uh, from the least to the greatest, saying, this man is the power of God that is called great. How do you know he's called great? He told me so. Nice. And uh, here's what I love about it. In the midst of this, God is like, we're so going to use that. We're pulling everybody together and we have a message to share with them. And first, I'm going to show you the small so that when you see the great, you're stunned. Okay. And so they gathered them together looking at the small. And then he says, they paid attention to him because for a long time he'd amazed them with magic. But when they believed Philip as he preached good news about the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. It became this. They were like, oh, look over here. That man even says he's great. I'm listening to him. Did you see the magic trick he did yesterday? He just, and all of a sudden, and like, wow, I haven't seen that before. That guy must be awesome. And we all rally together and we're just huddled looking. And all of a sudden, Philip walks in and he's like, that impresses you? Let me tell you about the Christ. And all their heads go like this. Now that sounds interesting. And they start listening this way. 
as he shares of the Christ. And while the draw came to something very negative, small, and man-centered, it was converted over to a God-centered worship. And there were lives changed as they believed Philip, as they trusted who this Jesus Christ was. They were saved, man. They trusted Jesus Christ as Savior. They grasped grasped what it was all about. And they stepped out in faith with Christ. Their lives changed. Awesome moment. When God moves, people are saved. Hearts are stirred, turned, and changed. We get an opportunity to see him like we never have before. And um, you know, this past week, we, as we came to the end of Romans chapter 7, we just took a time where we walked through the gospel message here. And uh, just a clarity to who Christ is, the simple of it. We have measured up short before our God. And his perfection and his design of us in perfection, we have come up way short of that. And in need of a savior. And there's nothing we can do, eternally separated from him, but we have hope. Jesus Christ, him for me on the cross of Calvary. And without him and without the cross and without his resurrection, I have no hope. But with him, I have every hope. And as we walked through the gospel message and made it clear and just settled on that and then worshiped him as a close, all I have is Christ. And and we had 11 people who accepted Christ last week. 11 people who said, that's it. I'm giving my life to him right now. He deserves to be my God. I'm not in charge. He is. 11 people who are saved. Let's hear it this way. In the New Testament, we're told angels celebrating when just one comes to Christ. And, and so times 11 last week right here. Amen. And uh, that's right. God doing some work. And uh, huge as we see people just saying, it's time for God to have his way with me. And maybe you're sitting here today and, and you haven't done that. And it's time to put the stake in the ground and say right here and right now. And please do that. Please don't walk out without saying, where am I at with my Christ? Am I listening to him? Am I giving him the center stage that he deserves? Am I seeing him as the fix to the whole world of problems? Because he is. Eleven people accepted Christ in a service, and, uh, and that's nothing. I can't even imagine the numbers these guys were seeing as they saw thousands upon thousands at different times, as they saw singles coming along and getting accepted, as they saw tens and hundreds and people in whole cities paying attention and believing. And when God moves, people believe. Amen? It's that simple. People do not believe because other people have manipulated them. Okay, taking your time to try to manipulate somebody into the kingdom is a waste of time. Please hear me on that. If you're feeling the weight of convincing them yourselves, you're missing the point. It is a call to worship and you're simply sharing the truth of who Jesus Christ is. And when God moves, people are saved. It's that simple. Okay. When God moves, many believe in Christ and please make sure you don't leave here today having that resolved. All right. And maybe you do trust in Christ as your savior. Well, then maybe Christ is saying to you, it's time for us to take that next step. It's time for us to see some life change in you like you have never seen before. And uh, trust me, uh, those commitments, they're exciting. Like, that's it. I'm going after this thing. 
and I want God to be celebrated and I'm going to commit to sharing with somebody. Or I'm going to commit to the being done with this sin. And, and, and then, you know, six to eight days later, we were wrestling and we crash and burn and we were wrestling again with the same problem. And the first words out of our mouth are not praise Jesus. There's something more like, doggone it. I thought I had this. And, and is that not exactly where we put ourselves? I want you to know this. God's teaching us regularly and swiftly at times and slowly at times to lean on him with all we've got. And as we wrestle with the stuff we've committed to in the last couple of weeks and then find failure a few days later and then talk that through and confess and apologize and get it right with God, come join us. The water is fine. All right? That's what it looks like. It's patience as we walk along, constantly getting that we need to recenter him, that our God might be celebrated. May we believe in him. That's not a one-time shot. That's a lifestyle of trusting in him. All right? That's what it looks like. Number four, when God moves, believers are baptized. When God moves, believers are baptized. Notice what it says. I'll just start at verse 12 again uh, so we can move from there. Um, But when they believed Philip as he preached, everybody say they believed first. When they believed Philip as he preached, they were baptized. They were baptized. This is a big deal. They step out. As he preaches the good news about the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized both men and women. Belief and then baptism. That's how it works in scripture. There's a following Christ and then a standing up publicly and letting people know that's where I'm at. Baptism does not save. But baptism is an indication that you already are saved and you're with him and you want others to know it. Baptism is a way that God chose. Okay, he could have chose a lot of things. He chose baptism. It's a model and a symbol. And we looked at it in Romans chapter chapter 6 of going down into the water, like down into death with Christ and coming up into new life with him. The water moved, the immersion element, the coming back out. It's a celebration of Christ at work in us. It's an opportunity for us to say, my God is awesome. I will never stand away from him again. That's my king. My God has done for me what I could never have done myself. He is stunning. I love him. And I'm going to take a stand with him. Baptism. It's a sweet opportunity to share where we stand with our God. All right? And uh, so a couple of frequently asked questions about baptism. Let's just answer some questions as we get set for next week and some of what's going on. Um, baptism. It is always after belief. All right? This, this uh, believer baptism, it's always after belief. They've trusted Christ now as an uh, able, willing, believing person. We now get baptized, this immersion, okay? And uh, it symbolizes what has already happened. It's not getting saved. It's I have been saved. And I now want to let the world know what he's done for me. Uh, We do it through immersion here. Okay. We do it through immersion. That's what's behind the rock right over here. All right. And so for those of you who haven't been with us, it's a fun time as we go through a morning of celebration. The tub is big enough to get a couple of three people in there just in case we're doing a family or whatever. And, and it's exciting to be a part of. And, and we take a little bit of time to hear what God's doing in their lives. And then we go ahead and baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the 
Holy Spirit. Praise be to God. And um, so, what if I was baptized at another church, Tim? I mean, I believed in Christ. Then I was baptized at another church somewhere. Now I'm coming to Harvest. Should I be baptized at Harvest? And I always answer it this way. Uh, no, we're not a cult. Okay, You're not baptized into the name of Harvest Bible Chapel. You are baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. If that's where you were before and that's what happened and took place, great, praise God. Time to move on and be living life for Him. Okay, That's what it looks like. And so baptism, it's once for Him. After belief. So belief and then baptism. May God get the glory. All right? And I just want to be clear on that. By the way, if for whatever reason you're pulled away from this church, you move to another state for job or whatever, and you're at some church, and they're like, well, you need to be baptized into our church, dude, move to another church. (laughs) That is not biblical. All right? Okay. What if I was baptized by sprinkling after salvation? I trusted Christ. Then I was baptized, but they sprinkled water on my head. They didn't do the full immersion thing. All right. And so we'll often say, look, it's not about how wet you get. Okay. But at the same time, I will tell you the immersion model does say a lot. And so my request would be if you understood what was going on and you understood what was happening and they happened to do sprinkling because that's what it was available or whatever. I'm great with that. If there was not a clarity to with Christ in his death and resurrection and you feel like the immersion thing would work well to be able to communicate that better in your commitment and well then come join us. Okay, so we're not on a no. We're not on a yes on that. We leave that to you. If you're saying I think it was good. I got it. I understood it meant the world to me. I was trusting Christ. I was stepping out. We're great with that. If there was a little confusion in it and you feel like maybe there's more clarity in this now take the step and do that with us. We're great with that. Clear enough. Clear enough? All right, good. Uh, What if I was baptized as an infant before salvation? Okay, so remember, it's belief and then baptism. So what if I was baptized as an infant? And so we always say it this way. Look, that's great. I appreciate what your family was doing, their commitment to God and what they were saying. And they've made a commitment together to say, we love this little one and want to hand them over to him. But... The way baptism works is when I believe, I step out and now share. So belief and then baptism. If you have trusted Christ as your Savior, sprinkled as an infant, come join us. Time for you to be baptized. All right? It's time to be baptized saying, I have trusted Christ. I'm stepping out with him. I am a follower. Belief and then baptism. Yes, you do need to get baptized. Uh, You don't know what it's going to be like in my family. Talking that through. I get it. And, uh, and we've walked that a number of times. And, and I hear you on that. And uh, we would love to walk through that with you if you need to. Um, hear me on this. Please be very careful. Please tell your family this. Um, I love you guys. And I love what you've done in leading me in a way where I can be in and around what's going on with him. That you committed even through that act. But I want you to know this is now my step. As I've trusted Christ, I'm now stepping out and following. And so I'm taking that on me. And so no disrespect against what happened. I love what you've done and look where it's led me to. And now I'm stepping out to follow. Okay? That's what it looks like. It's an easy talk through. Um, It might take a little bit of time. Be patient as you work that through with them. All right? But yes, do get baptized if you were only baptized as an infant. And um, 
Well, how does it work? How do I end up getting baptized? How do I, how do you even know if I want that? And and we're going to have a sign up. We're going to handle that in just a second. I just want you to know when we get your name back in, because we're going to do some cards at the end here. When we get your name back in, we're going to collect those this week. We're going to build up a spreadsheet. We're going to split it out, figure out who's at the nine, who's at the 11, get it all organized. Be patient with us. It usually takes till like end of Wednesday for us to kind of get all that organized. And then from there, we'll be doing some phone calls. You will get a call from a pastor of this church talking through with you what's going on, clarifying your testimony, getting an understanding, helping you understand what Sunday's going to look like. We're going to do that. All right. And uh, that's great, Tim. I've never seen one of your baptisms. I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay. Let's show the video. We got a giant celebration going on today. We have 61 being baptized today. God is going to be glorified. Amen. Amen. Last year has been a struggle for me. I have been living for my own desires. And in living that way has caused a lot of hurt and feeling alone. Well, I've gone through some uh, hard times in my life. I've always uh, grown up in a Christian home. Um, Unfortunately, two months ago, I was in a jail cell and had nothing. I am a sinner uh, deserving of punishment, and I can never be good enough to earn my way to heaven. I always told myself I was a Christian, but about three years ago is when I really realized that I'm putting my life for God. After ten years of being convinced that I was never going to be good enough because I wasn't perfect, someone told me I was loved unconditionally in spite of that. You know, I mean, it's just great to see, like, it doesn't matter what I've done in my life, but Jesus does, never loses the love, so it's great. So it was in that jail cell that you came to a, a low point in life and you needed to reach out to Christ and he reached back. June 29, 2013. Over the last few months, I really have felt um, this void in my life. And um, I realized that that void is my lack of a personal relationship with him. Through the death of my father and some miscarriages with my wife and everything, God was always faithful. So um, I'm just here to show him that I'm faithful now. And I know that nothing but the blood of Jesus can save me. I want to be baptized because the Lord is so, so good. And I just... This is my public declaration of the fact that I am free. I could forgive myself and um, knowing that, you know, Jesus forgives me too. And nothing that I've done or could do is not covered by what he did on the cross. Why do you want to be baptized today? Because Jesus is awesome and he is in my heart. I want to show everybody that I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. And to be obedient. Uh, I'm proud of the gospel. I'm just here to proclaim that Jesus is my Savior. I'm a follower of Christ. I have been so forever grateful. That I'm all for God. We're all in When do you come to trust Jesus Christ as your Savior? 
This was about nine years ago. Five years old. In my sophomore year. Guys, is opening day. And I was about 12 years old. That's three months ago. Two and a half years ago. I'm going to have the ushers come on down. We've got some cards. We're going to be passing these down the rows, okay? Hear me on this one. Every single person take a card. Who takes a card? Every single person take a card, okay, as it's passed down the row. And then if you want to be baptized, this is your moment. Go ahead and fill out this card. Get the information there. We're going to take minutes right now. And uh, we're going to do that and fill out. We've got the worship team coming on up. And I'm just going to ask you, take some time right here prayerfully and reflectively if it's time for you to get baptized if you're like okay i need to do this this is the thing i'm going to step out on i'm going to honor my god and please be filling out this card right here in this service and then this is my request at the end of the service after we're done with this closed song on your way out hand it to the ushers everybody hand all your cards back to the usher who hands their cards back to the usher Everybody take a card. Everybody hand it back to the usher. We'll sift through and find the ones that are filled out. Okay? So take time to fill that out right here. If it's time for you to be baptized, if God's banging on your heart's door and saying, it's time with the work I've done in you and your belief in me, it's time to take that step. Now's the time. Please take advantage of this. Go ahead and fill out the card, and then we're going to take a reflective time in prayer along the way here as well. I'm going to give you a few minutes, and uh, we'll just have a little music playing underneath as well. Take some time to fill out where you're at, okay? Heavenly Father, we just hand this time to you. We worship you. We celebrate you. We're in awe of you. Lord, we thank you that where you are, mighty words are proclaimed, lives are changed, people are rocked, and people commit to you and are baptized, reflecting their commitment. Lord, we love you. This is a moment where baptism isn't your time. You're not going to do that. Just continue to reflect and worship on him. Thank him for what he's done. Thank him for who he is. If you are thinking baptism, then please fill out that card right where you are. Be filling it out right now, okay? those cards Heavenly Father we're in awe we're in awe of your plan with Messiah Savior Jesus Christ we're in awe of the hope we have in you we worship you for all you've done for us Just reflect on him as your Messiah and Savior 
born of a virgin, wise ruler, brings redemption and restoration. The light of the Gentiles, the suffering one, the preacher of freedom, the healer from the royal line of David, king of kings, worship our Savior, Jesus Christ. King of righteousness, royal redeeming one, son of man, the almighty God. May he have our everything. God's stirring in you right now, something you need to be laying aside, something you need to be done with, something you need to commit to, a person you know you need to be sharing with. Lord, please give me the strength right now as I lean into what I need to lean into. Trusting in you, longing for you to have your way with me. Just take some time with them now and hand it over. Keep filling out that card if that's where you're at. last recentering just Lord it's all about your glory may we put on those glasses where we rightly see you may we worship you with all we've got may we live for you in day to days may it all be about your glory worship him offer your life back to him right where you are as we close here and we'll go to the song Father God we love you we worship you we're in awe of you Lord we have no hope without you we have every hope with you Lord we thank you that we can believe I just pray now for those here who need to take that step give them that confidence to hand in the card to take that step out with you to make it all about you may you be worshipped in this place both this week and next we celebrate you God we're in awe of what you've done take our lives now all for you all for your glory it's in your mighty name I pray these things and all of God's people said